Sarah Capisi here. Earlier in this series, we talked through several of Aaron Meyer's culture map dimensions. Now, we turn to belief systems, specifically what we mean by belief systems, why they're important, and how they affect business in different countries. First, what do we mean by belief systems? A few members of our team wrote up a great description of this. Quote, belief systems refer to any societal value, religion being just one example, that influences the way someone might think or act. This could be any influential belief, such as elements of a predominant religion, like Hinduism or Catholicism, or influential ideas or cultural beliefs, for instance, the caste system or superstitions, end quote. Now, why are these belief systems important to us? Well, as we've discussed in past episodes, culture affects business, and as our team members also wrote, quote, Culture and religion unite where belief systems move from internal values to external actions, end quote. So religion and beliefs affect culture, which then affects how people act in the business environment. Now that we've talked about the what and the why, we can move on to the how. How do belief systems affect business and culture in different countries? The MPA and MBA students we interviewed had some interesting insight on this subject, Specifically, how beliefs affected education. Here's Harris from Bosnia describing how Islam affected his learning experience. Yeah, so in, like in, in elementary school, we, we spend a lot of time just like memorizing things and learning basic concepts. Um, and because I, I come from a Muslim uh, okay. faith, uh, so there was a really strong... Um, um, Muslim influence, and we would spend a lot of, and, and in Muslim tradition, you would um, spend a lot of time memorizing the Quran or memorizing some principles in, in Islam. Um, it's like scripture mastery, but it's like way more. You way try more to intense. memorize the whole, whole book, it's like memorizing the whole Book of Mormon. Oh, wow. Um, and that kind of reflected in the school as well. You just spend a lot of time memorizing. Uh, and then high school was really difficult for me because we didn't have much space to you know say you know say our op opinions or for example i was playing sports and i was playing soccer so i had a lot of problem a lot of trouble um like balancing soccer and school and when when i would miss some classes professor didn't they had no understanding of like why i was missing and they were like mm -hmm. reduce my grade and I, I couldn't understand it because obviously like in normal countries, they, you know, promote sports, like go play soccer and then come to school. Mm -hmm. So I, I felt like I didn't have much space. And even in the classroom, we didn't, you know, ask many questions. And mm -hmm. we really, the, the professors didn't focus much on, you know, develop, developing students as critical thinkers mm -hmm. to really understand why are we studying and how we can make a difference in a, in a society. And, and I really struggled with that. But later in, in my undergraduate program at university, it was uh, easier because I I got my degree in uh, in comparative literature. Okay. Uh, so there was a lot of critical thinking there and a lot of reading, and mm -hmm. I, I really enjoyed that. And professors were more open-minded. Do you think it was just because of the school that you were at, or do you think it, that would be like kind of generally for like all universities in Bosnia that like it's a lot more open and. Yeah, I, I think mine was really open and mm -hmm. other universities, 
because I have you know uh, cousins who are in in other programs, and it's 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 really hard. And professors are really kind of alter alteritative. It's like you you can't really question them, or you, you can't question you know what what they teach. So it's it's really hard, and then they can just fail you for you know for no reason. Uh -huh. um, but but the culture. It has a big impact because of you know Islam, uh, where like you, you don't really, you can't really like doubt or you, you just you just follow it strictly. Tanisha from India explained the importance of education in her country. I'll tell you a small example. Like in U.S., people tend to keep their feet on the tables, and then they also work on their tables. Like they also study on those tables, right? Um, that is something that in my culture is like not good because education for us is like God. It's like that big, right? And so we do not keep our feet where we keep our books. But that's something the new as which is like normal, right? It's not like something that's good or bad. It's just like it's just because of different cultures, right? And this was this was something that took time for me to get used to. But because, like, coming from that background, like, going to an international school, I understood that. It was very easy for me to be okay with small things like these and, you know, just grow from them. I, I can tell you that because in India, there are several villages. There, the poverty level is very high among the consensus. And, and it's a general belief that if you study, if you work hard you can change your destiny. And because of this belief, people place a lot, a lot of changes in education. And, like, I'll tell you something. Like, our Prime Minister, Modi, he used to be a tea seller. And right now, he is the Prime Minister of our country. That, like, you know, we place a lot of importance on education. And there are girls in India who are very unfortunate that they get married at a very young age and they don't get the opportunity to study. So, and seeing those times makes us, like, who are here, who are having these opportunities, make us realize how fortunate we are and, like, how grateful we are to God to, you know, give us this thing and not bound us to, like, marriage and having kids at an early age. In Japan, there's this saying, the nail sticking out will be hammered down. Now, it sounds kind of harsh, I know, but it's actually seen in their society where a lot of people don't want to stand out or to be different because they feel that they will be pushed down or pushed out if they try to be different. Belief systems can extend far beyond education and into the workplace. The BBC published an article in 2013 on how religion affects banking. All three Abrahamic religions, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity, have at some point or another taken a stand against money lending and interest. Islam has taken the most firm stance. Generally in Islam, money lending is not encouraged but is allowed when necessary, and interest charges are strictly prohibited. This led to the formation of Islamic banks. These banks are able to function under Islamic law by using sales, leasing, or partnership contracts, contracts that are allowed under their religion, instead of lending contracts. For instance, 
If you want to buy a car, you can go to the bank, tell them the specifications of the car, and they'll buy it and sell it to you at a markup. You would be able to pay for the car over a certain number of years. The key difference between this type of contract and a lending contract is that it's a sales contract, and sales contracts are allowed under Islamic law. The Culture Map by Aaron Meyer discusses how belief systems have affected Asian culture and business. Aaron Meyer explains that a study was done with Americans and Japanese, where each participant was asked to, quote, take a photo of a person. The American participants tended to take close-up photos, whereas the Japanese participants took photos of the person and the background. The person was a smaller part of the larger environment. The key point from this is that Americans generally focused on the individual, separate from their environment, whereas the Japanese gave more attention to the background and individual as a whole. Here's a quote from a couple participants in this study. Western participant. But the instruction said to take a photo of a person, and the picture on the left is a photo of a person. The picture on the right is a photo of a room. Why would the Japanese take a photo of a room when they have been asked to take a photo of a person? Asian participant. The photo on the left is not a photo of the person. It's a close-up of a face. How can I determine anything about the person by looking at it? The photo on the right is a photo of the person, the entire person, including the surrounding elements, so you can determine something about that person. Why would the Americans take a close-up of a face, which leaves out all of the important details?" End quote. It's interesting to see that the Americans and Japanese had such different opinions about how the photo should be taken. The Asian take on this could stem from the Taoist belief that, quote, proposes that the universe works harmoniously, its various elements dependent upon one another, end quote. I really like what Erin Meyer said or quoted in her book, so I'm, I'm going to read from this again. Quote, here's a comment from one of the Chinese participants after we discussed the fish and photo research studies. Chinese people think from macro to micro, whereas Western people think from micro to macro. For example, when writing an address, the Chinese write in sequence of province, city, district, block, gate number. The Westerners do just the opposite. They start with the number of a single house and gradually work their way up to the city and state. In the same way, Chinese put the surname first, whereas the Westerners do it the other way around. And Chinese put the year before month and date. Again, it's the opposite in the West. It's easy to see how these differences in the characteristic sequence of thinking may cause difficulty or misunderstanding when people from Asian and Western cultures are involved in conversation. A typical example is that Westerners may think that the Chinese are going all around the key points without addressing them deliberately, while East Asians may experience Westerners as trying to make a decision by isolating a single factor and ignoring significant interdependencies, end quote. The main point I want to make is, be considerate of those you work with and their belief systems, because often that impacts the way that they behave.
to wrap up our series, we want to play several clips of things we loved from our interviews, but didn't know how to fit them into the other episodes. First, people love their country. Here's Bruno from Brazil. Just to to keep recorded, you know, besides all of that, I don't know why I miss my country. I don't know why. I'm sure. Maybe it's the food. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's the food. Shinri from Japan said this. Well, um, I think like education in Japan and the United States each have like both like good um, pros and cons, um, and I think it kind of gives me um, the perspective on understanding like different cultures, and I think understanding different cultures help us to collaborate in a diverse like working environment too. So that's my thought, and I, I really enjoy this opportunity, and thanks for. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Felipe from Brazil shared this. I just don't want to like imply or convey the message that Brazil's education system is better than the, the one here in the US or vice versa. I feel like they're, you know, they're different. They're like some good points about what we have in Brazil and also some good points about what we have here in the US. We also asked the participants about culture shock and if they had experienced any coming to the U.S. Here's what Bruno said. Well, I see that like things, things work here. Like people are more professional. Like when you're taking a bus, for example, if, if you were in Brazil, like in Brazil, the public transportation is the most used kind of transportation, like buses, ferries, trains. But when you were taking a bus, it seems like the driver was doing you a favor. So he would stop whatever he wanted to, he would drive whatever, however that he wanted to drive, and here is different. Here, like, I know that when I uh, enter in the bus, the, the driver is a professional. He, he's not tra- treating me like someone that is begging a favor, but someone, but he treats me like a client. Harris from Bosnia said this. Yeah, uh, it was more with the waste, like waste of food, because I, okay. <clears throat> I don't know how much you know about Bosnia, but I was born in 1992, and it was just in I was born in March, so it, and it was just a few days before the war started. So we had a war, civil war in Bosnia for three years, um, and I grew, I grew up in this you know post-war Bosnia where it was. Like food was scarce, resources, you know, we didn't have much. It was just like like that in the whole country. Uh, So I was raised up to always like eat the last piece of bread or (laughs) whatever. So when I came here, everything was so huge. And like the, when you you go to restaurants, the portions were so massive. And then, but but people wouldn't actually eat it. They would just like throw it away. and then, so that was one thing. And then the other one was when you go to a, a Smith's or Walmart, you they give you plastic bags for free, which like in Europe you have to pay for them. And I just couldn't understand why so many, why people are not just, they should force people to just bring their own bag. Mm-hmm. Because I feel there's so much waste and people don't recycle plastic. And But then you go to California and you can't use the, yeah so I think like here here in Utah that like I, I was shocked by 
by, by those things. To wrap things up, I want to point out again that the way people are raised and their culture does affect how they interact in business and how they view the world. We really hope that you enjoyed this series on Culture Map Dimensions and learning. Join us once again as we interview professionals on specific topics related to international business. We also plan to dive into nonprofits and ethics later this year. Thanks for listening. For more information about global business and culture, visit www.internationalhub.org and be sure to subscribe to our podcast.